are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. And as you know, we are free and available on all platforms. Today is Thursday, December 16th, 2021. I am your host, Titan Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, Z-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Friendly a reminder that Locked On Mariners, along with the rest of the Locked On MLB network, will be going to three shows a week starting on Monday and all the way through to mid-February. So if you still want to hear from us five times a week be sure to visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone and subscribe so you can get the two shows we post every week on there so today on locked on mariners we're going to be talking all about the mariners and what they should do with the outfield why michael conforto should be on their radar what other options they could explore and why it's important that they ultimately do at least something there If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. We greatly appreciate it. So, Colby, I'll just ask you this straight up. Why does Michael Conforto make so much damn sense for the Seattle Mariners? He's good. That is certainly one reason. Yep. (laughs) It's kind of the only one that matters. Um, He is a... uh, you know, he's again, he's a very good hitter. Uh, he is from the Pacific Northwest, uh, went to Oregon mm-hmm. State. I believe he went to Redmond High uh, in the Seattle area. Um, he wanted to be a Seattle Mariner. Uh, he thought he mm-hmm. was going to be drafted by the Mariners. He was not. I believe that was the year they took Alex Jackson. Uh, so worked out well. Another fine decision from the, the Jackson Rensick era. Um, but, you know, on top of everything, he is a left-handed hitting corner outfielder who has, you know, plus power, which is something the Mariners do not have. And, and I mean, again, I've said this before. I'll say it again. The Mariners do not have outfield depth. You don't have depth until you actually have it. And the Mariners do not. They have guys who can play out there. They have some guys who have performed a little bit. But they do not have outfield depth. Like it's it's that simple. They they have one outfielder that right now we can say is good, and it's Mitch Haniger. And Mitch Haniger shouldn't play the outfield all that much. He's bad out there defensively. So yeah, it's a left-handed bat which you could really use to help balance the lineup. It's a left-handed bat who replaces some of the uh, some of the uh, power that Michael can or that uh, Kyle Seager leaves, um, and he's an outfielder who can play both corner spots. Um, and is probably a pretty safe bet to be at least a 110 to 115 WRC plus guy. And the Mariners need that because right now they have not added a major impact power bat. Um, Adam Frazier is nice, but he is not a middle of the order bat. And the Mariners need at least two of them. And it's kind of hard to see where they add two middle of the order bats if Michael Conforto isn't one of them. So this past season, his last year with the Mets, he's now a free agent. 
232-344-384 with a 106 WRC+. plus. He was worth under one win, 0.8 by Fangraph standards, which is a bit of a down year by his standards. But, I mean, still, he walked 12.3% of the time, struck out a fine 21.7% of the time, played 125 games, dealt with a little bit of an injury during the middle of the season, but was able to come back. 14 home runs, 55 uh, runs batted in. You know, the, the the thing here with him that's really interesting is that we haven't really heard any team linked to him, really. He he declined the qualifying offer that he got from New York, believing that he could get more, which is $18.3 million on the qualifying offer. But we've been under the impression that he might end up getting a prove-it deal and nothing more because of the down year that he had. But, I mean, aside from this season he's been fantastic you look at the shortened season in 2020 322 412 515 slash line that's a 158 wrc plus he was worth 2.1 wins which was incredible in 2020 uh for how short of a season that was that was 54 games that he played in nine home runs that year 31 rbi the year before that he slashed 257, 363, 494 with a 127 WRC plus and was worth pretty much four wins. And that was his last you know, full season. And he's been pretty healthy for the most part. Played 109 games 2018 or sorry, 2016 and uh, 109 games again in 2017. But after that, 153 in 2018, 151 in 2019. It's just it, it feels like this is such a uh, no brainer. For the Mariners, with the connection to the Pacific Northwest, he he grew up a Mariners fan. He fits exactly what they need. You mentioned, you know, replacing the lefty power of of Kyle Seager and Michael Conforto isn't going to give you, you know, thirty five home runs probably, even though that he did get to thirty three in twenty nineteen. But he's still going to eat up a huge chunk of that production that you've lost from right. yeah. Seager. I mean, it, and just in general, he's a massive upgrade offensively. Yes. He may he may not he may hit only you know thirty home runs or twenty five home runs, but it's not going to matter because the rest of his at bats are going to be so much better than what Kyle Seager gave you. It's a massive upgrade replacing mm-hmm. Seager with Conforto even in t- even twenty twenty one version of Michael Conforto is still like a five percent upgrade over what Kyle Seager gave you and and you know five percent doesn't sound like a lot until you consider that. The Mariners missed the playoffs by one game. So 5% can kind of make a difference there. So yeah, I mean, it's not just the power though. It's it's the it's the the approach at the plate. He takes walks, he yep. doesn't chase wildly. Um, he's not selling out to get to his power. It's pretty easy power. He's just a good fit for the ballpark, too. Um, so it just it it makes so much sense, and it's it's mind-boggling that at least publicly, as far as we know. The Mariners don't seem to care all that much. Um, we've heard them link to well, Seiya Suzuki, but yeah, not Conforto. But again, we haven't really heard any teams link to Conforto this offseason, right. which is really strange. Because I think the value itself is just, it's incredible for really any team that's looking for an outfielder right now, not just the Mariners. I think, you know, the, the there's so much upside here with Conforto, who is probably not going to need to get the deal that he initially hoped for when he declined his qualifying offer. Right. Um, and that might be the thing. I think also I think also a part of that though is that he wants to get out of New York 
right? Which, yes, don't blame them. No, <laughs> you've seen the Mets. Um, yeah. Yeah, that could be part of the hang up here is that, you know, there were reports that Conforto wanted like five years, $100 million this offseason. And that's that's just not yeah. going to be out there for him. And if that's what he's hanging on to, um, he's going to sit for a while. And so could the Mariners mm-hmm. be interested, just not at that price? And they're just not even like willing to talk to him until the price comes down. Maybe it's certainly possible. And if Conforto was coming off of a normal year. Uh, he would absolutely be worth five years and a hundred million dollars. He's that good. He's twenty eight. He'll be twenty nine. Like, it absolutely makes sense at that price. If he was coming off a good year, he's not. He's not, and he's a Boris client, so he's going to hold out as long as he can. But ultimately, I would be pretty shocked if Conforto got more than three years. Yeah, and even and three the years AAV would be a little on bit that. surprising. Yeah, and the AAV on that, honestly, I, this is ultimately why I think he ends up getting just a prove-it deal, a one-year prove-it deal. It's because I don't think the AAV on, on a three-year deal is going to be what he wants. Right At most, I think there's going to be an option on that one-year deal that'll, that allows him to be, you know, um, to, to stay in one place for, for multiple years. But, um, yeah, I don't... I, I, I just can't envision him getting what he's looking for anywhere close to that, especially now that he's going to have to sign post lockout. Right. Cause I already thought that even before the lockout, but now that he along with so many other free agents are all going to have to sign. And what is probably going to be a four or five week blitz before spring training starts. Yep. And all, you know, in all reality, I just, I, I think he's one of those guys that's going to end up getting hurt by the lockout in terms of his evaluation and you know because again he's got certain things working against him with this past season so we'll have to see how it all goes but i mean the mariners should absolutely be involved in this it it makes so much sense top to bottom just from the player from from his interests and and his background and, and all that it just it makes so much sense but for now we doesn't seem like the Mariners are going to go that route. So we're going to look at some other options that they could take a look at in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Stance. Now I'm a sucker for some comfy holiday clothing, but the designs and patterns used are frankly too common and boring for my taste. However, with Stance's products, I can feel good and look good during the holidays and all year round. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings in a typical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. About six or seven years ago, I got my first pair of Stance socks on Christmas, depicting the Rain Man himself, Sean Kemp, preparing to do what he did best absolutely snatched the souls of those who dared stand in the pain against him. From Seattle sports to Major League Baseball, Star Wars, Marvel, The Office, and more, you can find apparel that represents you and what you love with Stance. They believe that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. So go see for yourself. Register for an account at Stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. 
You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. So, Colby, uh, where do the Mariners go from here if they're not going to get Michael Conforto? Obviously, they've been in the market for, say, a Suzuki, but outside of Suzuki, and we can even talk about Suzuki some and how maybe, you know, because I personally feel a little bit uncomfortable and buying in on Suzuki hard, but... What are some other options aside from Suzuki that they could potentially look at that come to mind to you? Yeah, um, this kind of comes down to what do they want to do with their outfield? And it really seems like they want to pretty much use the guys they have and then maybe add somebody to compete for for at-bats rather than sign a guy who is going to get the at-bats, uh, which honestly could be a fatal mistake. And, and I hope I'm wrong about that. But that's kind of what it seems like they're they're willing to be like, okay, we got Kelnick and Lewis and Fraley, um, and now we can put Frazier out there. Like, we're good. And it's like, by the way, you could argue the Mariners don't have any outfielders because I, I know he made it through the season fine, but are we 100% sure that Mitch Hanniger isn't going to get hurt again? No, you shouldn't be. So, yeah, um, it kind of depends on which way they want to go here. Uh, if they want kind of the uh, everyday type um, you know, it's there's not a lot of options. One of them is actually Chris Bryant, but it sounds like they probably are going to sign Story or they they prioritize Story at least ahead of Bryant. So I doubt they sign both. Um, and when you start looking at other like full timers out there, there's really none. Um, I mean, I Kyle Schwarber is probably a full timer, but obviously there's some defensive issues there. Um, but yeah, it's not a particularly good outfield class. Uh, Nick Castellanos is out there, but if they're not interested in Conforto, I can't imagine they're going to be interested in, in Castellanos. So, um, we and also Castellanos like, is equally, if not worse than, uh, Mitch Hanniger in the outfield defensively. So, yeah. And, and so is Schwarber. So, um, those two guys, you know, Schwarber makes some sense. Left-handed bad. He's got some power. He, he's, you know, pretty CTZ. Um, mm-hmm. He's just atrocious in the outfield. And how many places do you want to be bad? Because if, if Jared Kelnick is your center fielder, he's below average out there now. I, I think it's safe to say. Um, can you survive with him out there? Sure, but not with Kyle Schwarber and Mitch Hanniger flanking him. That's that's a disaster waiting to happen. So he's just not a great fit there. Um, so you start looking for kind of the, the part-timers, the platoon guys whatever term you want to use and there are some some interesting options in that in that range uh jock peterson lefty bat um not a center fielder at all he's he's worse than kelnick um but probably fringe average in a corner at this stage of his career um so jock peterson's a guy uh brett gardner eh, like no jake marisnik yeah, I like. I'd rather have Marisnik than Gardner, but Gardner is very CTZ. Sees a lot of pitches, makes a lot of contact, um, brings the veteran presence that people love to throw around uh, this time of year. Um, but if you want veteran presence, just go get Andrew McCutcheon, who's better. Um, but he's a right-handed bat, not a lefty. Um, he crushes righties, or he crushes lefties. Wasn't so good against righties this year. Bad defender. He's definitely lost a few steps out there. So again, not a, not an ideal fit. Same with Tommy Pham kind of a similar player at this stage of their career. Eddie Rosario, not a CTZ guy at all and, and doesn't really walk ever. So there aren't a ton of options. And one other name I'll throw out there who 
probably is the best fit of the, you know, platoon or, or just kind of veteran fourth outfield types, uh, Corey Dickerson, who is not exciting at all, but does kind of match a lot of the CTZ, uh, uh, you know, ideologies that Jerry DePoto is going to look at. So in the free agent market, there really aren't a lot of options. So what about the trade market? Cause there are some options that you and I have talked about quite a bit on the show on CTC as well. Um, Kevin Kiermeyer is pretty much the big one that a lot of folks are pointing towards right now because he's got the $12 million that he's on the books for, for this year. He's on the mm-hmm. raise of course, who, historically don't spend money from the Mariners perspective. I mean, and you brought this up yesterday when we were recording CTZ that Kiermaier has under, undergone a right knee procedure. He's over 30 years old. That's a little bit concerning. How comfortable are you turning to Kevin Kiermaier? Is that your first option, your second option, your third option? Is that your fallback plan you know, if everything else fails, like where does that idea kind of rank for you with uh, where the Mariners should turn in the outfield? Yeah, Kevin Kiermeyer is is like my safety school. Like if all else if all else fails, I, I have Kiermeyer in, in the back. Um, he still have to pay him fourteen million dollars. He's a fringe average bat at best. Uh, still a great defender out there, but obviously he's losing his staff and at fourteen million dollars. Eh, like you would hope to do better, but uh, and it's fourteen million dollars, by the way. Well, fourteen and a half million dollars, by the way, because he has a two point five million dollar buyout in twenty twenty three, twelve million dollars right. salary in twenty twenty two. Yeah, so I mean, would he help the Mariners? Yes, absolutely. He's contact oriented. Um, probably hits ninth and gives you that. You know what? Probably is going to be most days a Kiermaier, uh Crawford Frazier wraparound, which is a lot of mm-hmm. contact from your nine one two spots. Um, so he's a fit, sure, but I, I you have to have you have to have offense coming from somewhere, right? And it just do you trust that offense to come from Jared Kelnick? Do you trust that offense to come from anybody except for Ty France? Because Mitch Haniger could get hurt. Mm-hmm. You have to factor that in. Do you trust it coming from Tom Murphy? And Luis Torrens and Abraham Toro and, and JP Crawford. Like, where's the offense going to come from? It's not going to come from Kevin Kiermeyer. So if you're not going to get it, if you're not going to fill that spot in the outfield with a bat, a legitimate bat, you kind of have to get one at third base and one at second base. And no, Matt Chapman is not a legitimate bat. Not right now. So if you're thinking story and Chapman, just shut that down. Um, so yeah. It's Kiermaier's on the list, uh, certainly, and, and he does make you better. But again, it just it's kind of comes down to fit a little bit here. Uh, offense, yeah, because because again, too, the Mariners have a budget, right? And if they are in the markets for someone like Trevor Story, that's going to eat up a pretty considerable amount of their budget. They're yep. still in the market to add someone like Sonny Gray via trade. Mm-hmm. He has ten million dollars. That that's going to take a pretty big chunk out of the budget. Um, Matt Chapman isn't cheap from a financial perspective in his third year of arbitration. Or is it second? Third. Uh, second. Third, right? Second. Okay. Second. Yep. Arb second two. year of arbitration. But, like, you know, those moves are going to add up. So 
you know, you can't just willy nilly spend 12 to $14 million on Kevin Giermeyer, who is an average hitter. One of the best defensive center fielders in baseball, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's won platinum glo- gloves, all that. He's still maintained that even, you know, maintained that kind of level of defense past his 30s. He's now 31. But that knee procedure scares me a little bit. The overall, you know, just averages offense scares me a little bit. You won't have to trade really much to get him, I would assume. I, I think you can get Kevin Kiermaier for like Caden Polkovich. Yeah. Maybe even less than that. Who knows? Yep, probably. But I just, uh, is, you know, especially if you're you're taking on all the money, which in this scenario, I would assume you're probably doing. Yep. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, to me, it's the fallback to my fallback, right? Ideally, I want Conforto, you know, and I don't know how the Mariners feel about this. We just talked about this, but ideally I want Conforto. After that, I would assume my fallback is, say, a Suzuki. And if that fails, you know, you could look at the part-timers, but I think you need, like, a legit starter. And Kevin Kiermaier is probably, I mean, you look at the other guys, right, that you mentioned that are realistic here. And plus, you, what you really need is a center fielder. Because you can't trust Kyle Lewis right now to be healthy enough to play that position. Jerry DePoto has said that they're unsure if he's going to be able to play that position. Jared Kelnick, like you said, looked below average out there. Jake Fraley is an adventure out there. I feel like that's probably got to be the third guy on your list. But again, that's got to be the fallback to your fallback. I just, uh, yeah, I'm not super comfortable with it. Um, and there's got to be other things that have to happen before you make that decision because it's just it's so much money. Yeah. It, it, it's, I'm not advocating against it. I just, you got to be smart with your funds here because you got to be realistic. Like, I, I know Mariners fans are probably listening to this right now and saying, well, you know, it's not our money, so who cares? Well, the, the thing is, though, that realistically speaking, the Mariners, Jerry DePoto probably has... $40 million to play with still $50 million that, to play with. Like if that, and you have to imagine that story is going to eat at least half of that. Mm-hmm. Or so, Bryant, if they, yeah. if they have to pivot, you know, I mean, we know they're really interested in Sonny gray. So if they go get one of those two guys and Sonny gray, that's pretty much all of it. So unless the Mariners are going to spend a lot more than we think they are and, and we can want them to, but again, Jerry has a budget and, there's only so when you say it's not my money, well, it's not, but it's your general manager's money, basically. Um, mm. And he has to try and get as many pieces in place as he can with that money. Now, if they go get Story and say, you know, Sonny Gray, are, are they better? Yes. And is that a pretty good offseason? Sure. Are there still major holes they'd have to fill? Yeah, there are. And are they a division contending team at that point? To me, no, they're not. So. There, there is some kind of allocation of resources here that you kind of have to walk. It's a fine line, and and um, you know it'd be great if 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 John Stan was just like, sure, go up to one one hundred seventy million, that's fine. But it just it's it's not going to happen. That's just not. Mm-hmm. It's just unreasonable. Well, it's not unreasonable. It, it's just it's fantasy uh, to suggest that the owner will spend as much money as he possibly can on his baseball team. It just, it does not happen. Maybe it should, but it doesn't. So it's, it's not even worth really 
discussing much further. So let's talk about another name that the Mariners are going to be, or that they have shown interest in rather that they seem to be pretty heavily, heavily in the market of in just a moment. But real quick, we're going to remind you that this episode of lockdown Mariners is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So the Mariners haven't been in the market for Michael Conforto, at least in terms of what we've heard publicly, but they have been publicly linked to Seiya Suzuki, the Japanese outfielder who's looking to make his way overseas to play Major League Baseball this upcoming season. They're also in the mix with a few other teams that have been reported. The Texas Rangers, the Boston Red Sox, among others. I personally am not super comfortable with heavily relying on Seiya Suzuki to be that guy in the outfield, to be that impact back that we were talking about adding to the outfield, potentially. Obviously, options are limited. But for all the reasons, Colby, that you've talked about how the Mariners really only have, you know, one established major league outfielder and Mitch Hanniger right now. And the rest are, are a bunch of question marks, even though there's a ton of upside there. The, the upside is undeniable and the upside is undeniable with Seiya Suzuki as well. The thing is, though, you don't know how his game is going to translate ultimately to mm-hmm. major league baseball. So there's still a lot of uncertainty there, just like there is uncertainty with Jerry Kelnick, Julio Rodriguez, etc. So while I do like the upside of Seiya Suzuki, I understand what the interest is there. I think he'll be a good player in the end. Ultimately, there, there's, you know, some some concern there. There's some e- uneasiness with this. Because you just, you really don't know. You can't guarantee that he's going to come overseas and be able to produce for you right away. So, you know, for me, like, this is why I say that Conforto has to be the top priority, right? And the fallback to that can be Suzuki. But it seems like right now Suzuki is their priority in the outfield. Yeah. And that's that's a problem to me. Yeah, or just go get both. Um, <laughs> the classic right, answer, right? right. And, hey, that would be preferable to me because you yeah. get a guy that is almost a sure thing to bounce back in Conforto, and then you have an upside play like Suzuki to go along with your crop of Kelnick, Rodriguez, Fraley, etc. I think that's a great move. I just don't think they're going to do it. Plus, no. it's probably going to cost them a nice chunk of change because Suzuki as it seems probably not going to come cheap. We've heard projections anywhere from 7 million to 12 million to 14 million on him. So, you know, what are your overall thoughts on, on Suzuki? I like him. I I think he's going to be a good player. 
Um, mm-hmm. Would I bank my season on it? No, I wouldn't. Um, not that the Mariners would be doing that exactly, but if Suzuki is the outfielder they bring in, they're telling you that they believe he is a, a an impact bat, basically, an impact player. Um, they have to be telling you that because if he's the only guy they bring in, they're basically saying, yeah, this is, you know, this is our everyday probably center fielder and he's not great in center. He's a good right fielder. Definitely an upgrade in a corner over what the Mariners have right now. Could he play center field? Sure. Uh, like he's athletic enough and, and could you survive with him in center field? Yeah, it wouldn't be. It'd be better than Kelnick, but probably not as good as Lewis based on the scouting reports that I've read. Um, so yeah, it, it's kind of a tough player. Cause like you said, we don't know what his contract's going to be. We don't know the length. We don't know the AAV. We don't know the structure. Um, is it possible that you could get him to sign for like $3 million this year and then $10 million next year and then like $17 million a year after? Sure, I guess. Is it likely? No. Um, you're probably going to have to give him 7 to $10 million in year one, and that's that's a that's a risk. Um, the, the good news with Suzuki is that I haven't heard or read or watched anybody talk about him who doesn't think he's going to be at least, you know, a fourth outfielder, like a quality fourth outfielder that can play a hundred times a year um, and not kill you. Uh, the swing seems legitimate. Uh, the power, which is uh, continued to blossom over the last few years is also seems uh, legitimate. Um, we know he's a good defender. We know he has a strong arm. We know that he's a good base runner. Uh, these are things that you don't need to, you know, have nothing to do with your ability to hit major league pitching. Can you run the bases? Can you make a good throw? Can you catch a fly ball? Like those are universal. Um, his numbers are certainly that of which is looks superstarish. Um, I mean, in 2021, the dude hit 38 home runs, walked 88 times, struck out 89 times, and posted a 317, 433, 636 triple slash. He's also only 27 years old. Um, he will be until August. So basically you're getting a guy at the start of his athletic prime um, by old baseball standards. But again, can he hit major league pitching? We have no idea. We simply do not know. Um, and that's why it's a risk. But like, look, would I be excited if they signed Suzuki? Of course. Of course I would. Um, I think he's going to be a good player. But again, am I willing to say, Oh, this is the guy. Now we're done with the outfield. Absolutely not. So uh, it's a bit of a risk there. And, you know, to be fair, I like if they sign Conforto, I would probably be like, okay, I think you can survive with that outfield until the deadline. And maybe you can go get somebody later. Um, So it's not like I would say Conforto signs. Okay, they're done in the outfield. Like I would still want them to add another guy, but I would just feel better about you know the floor of the outfield i guess is is the proper way to phrase that right yeah i totally agree well on that note that's going to do it for our show thank you so much for joining us here on locked on mariners for colby patnode i'm titan gonzalez be sure to give us a follow on twitter at lo underscore mariners you can follow me at dane gonzalez that's d-a-n-e g-n-z-l-z and colby at c pat 11 that's c-p-a-t-1-1 you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode and thank you again for making us your first listen of the day just like you do here every day we greatly appreciate your support so make your second listen of the day locked on bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs locked on bets hosted by your boy q with expert analysis and insight from lee sterling and just like us their show is free 
and available wherever you get your podcasts. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.